one man, a legion of idiots, food, romance, and a whole lot of rage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bald and the brutal. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is June 8th, 2018, and welcome to the first episode of The Bald and the Brutal. I've got to my right the bearded, gruesome, and beautiful bastard that he is, Big Al. Say hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. And to my left, even though I am putting this on SoundCloud and I will be chasing clout like my friend here is, I have an actual SoundCloud rapper with me. I have my boy Sky, a.k.a. Scuba Steve, a.k.a. Young Scuba. Say what's up, my friend. What's going on? Scuba 718. (laughs) Link in bio later. Today on The Bald and the Brutal, we are going to jump right into this thing. And I just want to see how you guys are doing first and foremost. Al? Uh, I'm okay right now. Just came from work. Long day, but at least, you know, peaceful day at the same time. I'm doing good. Sky? And yeah, I'm the same overall. I'm just a bit concerned just because I've been on a nine-day break from my job, so... I don't know. <laughs> Hashtag pray for Sky. <laughs> and I have just come from a nice long shift of sweating my nuts off in a kitchen, and I am psyched as fuck to get the maiden voyage of this thing up and running. First things first, have we both seen Infinity War, all three of us? Oh, Finally, yeah, I got a chance to see it, yes. And the big thing that I want to jump into first is this. It has happened a lot in comics lately. It has happened a lot in movies lately. We live in a generation that is quite literally offended by everything and needs to be needs to be appeased. Sorry, I just had a lot of poke in my stomach. I am quite happy and Buddha-like at present. We need we live in a generation where everyone has to be appeased, everyone has to be included. Everything has to be soft puppy dog kisses and dandelions diversity in the superhero business, in the superhero game. I'd like to... This cracks me up. I'm sorry to be cutting you off, but this cracks me up. I'm 47 years old. I have seen comic books throughout most of the 80s, the 90s, and a little bit of the 70s. There is diversity in comics. You have to find it. They don't find it. They don't look for it. They just look at one or two things and come to a rapid conclusion of a false, for me I should say, a false narrative. They forget about North Star from Alpha Flight. Originally when created by John Byrne, they, he quoted him as, because he was the writer and the artist, he was quoted as having a hedonistic lifestyle at the time. Which meant, if you also remember the movie uh, Gladiator, boys... Girls, you know, pick, <laughs> yeah. pick one. But they decided to go make him do the full Monty and made him a some almost decade later, decade plus later, into a full straight homosexual. And then sometime later after that, they had him getting married to another man. The thing is, 
diversity doesn't make a good story. Diversity may help in certain things, but it doesn't make the story. What these people are looking for is, oh, we want this to be interesting, so we'll do this with the character. You do, you work the story first, then you work the character, because then if you have the story, the character and all his traits, whatever good and bad, fit will fit into the story like a piece of a puzzle. Exactly. Don't just appease the fans. Oh, God, you have no idea how much. I stopped reading Marvel Comics a long, long time ago before their current crop of writers. And from seeing what I have been seeing of their current crop of writers, I doubt I would have been collecting their stuff anyway because it's just like – what are you doing? I mean, I don't. I know this is a podcast and we can swear like a sailor, but I'm trying to not just sound like I have Tourette's with this whole entire thing of just like, fuck, fuck, shit, shit, curse, curse, gurger. Is it, to me the whole situation is just ridiculous. I just feel like the only thing that Marvel is doing like well, not not just right, but well, is the. Miles Morales animated movie that they're working on coming up. That's actually, I'm curious about that. Not just because Miles Morales, which another thing is like people bitch about no desert, uh, there's no diversity. Um, Miles Morales, I'm I'm sorry. What's what what? Why is he not diverse? It just <laughs> it it gives me like a almost a throbbing headache. See, I've. I've come up and I've grown up in love with comics and love with a good story. And growing up, I was sincerely under the belief that the look of comics and the whole ideal and ethos of superheroes was meant to be a form of escapism. And when you have that form of escapism, you look to a superhero like Captain America or the Hulk and you look at them and go, I wish I could do extraordinary things like that. I wish I could be that strong, both physically or emotionally, in whatever way possible, so I could essentially overcome whatever level of shit there is in my life. My whole stance on comic books as it stands now is, okay, and I'm going to tell you this right now, when Sam Wilson was first announced that he would be replacing Steve Rogers as Captain America for the limited run he was on, I was called a racist by the SJW community because I said... Really? You were? Wow, I would never have heard that. Note the sarcasm. <laughs> Fuck you, Al. I was called a racist because all I said was this. It is great that someone is replacing Captain America, but I am not sure that just saying Captain America is going to be black is something that people should be celebrating. I said, if the story is good, great. But if they are replacing Captain America and making him black for the sake of making Captain America black, that is essentially bringing back to a lower point. Making a superhero, a black exploitation piece. Exactly. Like, did Sam even get the super soldier serum? No, they didn't. he was just Sam Wilson with Captain America's shield. Funny you should mention black exploitation because people seem to forget a particular 
Hero for Hire, who came out in the 70s and 80s because of black exploitation movies that were coming out by the popular Netflix series of the gentleman, Mr. Luke Cage. And for those of you who don't know who Luke Cage is, I would sincerely advise shedding your Patrick Star-esque lifestyle, <laughs> coming out from under your rock, dropping $9.99 for a Netflix subscription instead of your Pizza Fridays at Planet Fitness, and actually turning on Netflix and watching Luke Cage. And for those of you who are a lot older than I am. I am 29 years old. And for those of you who have been reading comics for that long, or you have a hipster-esque appreciation for things vintage, Luke Cage was initially called Power Man. And he mm -hmm. initially had a big-ass afro. He looked like a buff motherfucker from Earth, Wind, and Fire. And he did nothing... Well, wow, after all these years of comic, well, reading comic books and, and suddenly being a Luke Cage fan, but before it became popular, comparing him to Earth, Wind, and Fire just occurred to me after all these years. Now I have Let's Groove Tonight stuck in my hand with Luke Cage and Iron Fist dancing in the background. I hate your guts so badly right now. Here I stand, ruining the opinions of older comic book geeks one person at a time. They should have a flashback episode, and instead of all the 90s songs that they play in the background in Luke Cage, spoiler, sorry, but I can imagine that would be an interesting tape. For well, well, music's not exactly a fucking spoiler, but if you turned around and said... They started playing Tiny Tim's Tiptoe Through the Tulips, and it became an insidious Marvel Comics crossover. That would be really goddamn strange. And a spoiler. But I came up looking at superheroes, saying to myself, I wanted to be like that. And a lot of you out there who look at comics now, who really it doesn't seem to cross people's minds, Marvel Comics was literally the first comic book company out there to include superheroes of color. I believe the very first superhero of color to pop up was, he was in a Marvel movie recently, and spoiler alerts, died in one of the other ones, T'Challa, a.k.a. the King of Wakanda, a.k.a. the Black Panther. Yeah, he was the first. He showed up in the Fantastic Four. Wakanda forever. Exactly. Not, so, not so much anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. And the second, the second hero was the Falcon. As we all know, Sam Wilson. As we also know, Sam Wilson, Captain America, for those of you who have actually read the comics. The point I think we're all trying to get here is diversity exists in comics, whether you want to believe it or not, or whatever some crotch blocker with an axe to grind on Tumblr tells you this week. And the thing is, there are black superheroes. There are Jewish superheroes. Mark Spector, the Moon Knight. Ben Grimm, the Thing. And that's about it. No, Kitty Pride. They actually have an Israeli... In Marvel, they have an Israeli superhero. Her name is Sabra. Minus the hummus. Whoa, um. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Kitty Pride is a satyr. Kitty Pride says Lashana Tova. Yeah, she was she was bar mitzvahed by a by a Russian. Anyway. Bar um, mitzvahed, get it right. I'm going to check your pronouns at the door. But 
I have one very good pronoun. Unfortunately, it's a long stream of very four-letter words, and most New Yorkers know them by heart. <clears throat> anyway, the whole thing is there are – you were right. Oh, and also one other very important character, Magneto, also known as Eric Lynch here. But the Marvel – staple Jewish guy. <laughs> but unfortunately, Marvel decided to backpedal – since the anti-Jewish -defam uh, Defamation League was kind of maybe hovering around them, they were like, oh, no, Magneto, he's a, he's a gypsy, yeah. He's not Jewish, he's a gypsy. I was uh. like, I'm sorry, as a Jewish individual, I like the idea of a Jewish villain who is angry at the world because of World War II and the Holocaust. Granted, it makes him a sympathetic villain that people are going to be saying, you know, he does have the right to be pissed off at the world. And he did. And he was. And the fact is, it's not so bad. They just wanted to make sure they took away something that took, that took the sympathy away from him. Again, to the original point, uh, the original point is being the fact is diversity. There are female superheroes. There have been uh, black female superheroes, Storm from the X-Men, number one with a bullet. <clears throat> of, of course, also going back to the Luke Cage, he also had female black supervillains, too. Granted, my Marvel nerdum can't really name all of it, but I know they're there. They're out there, yeah. You... Marvel has a... Uh, book of at least 4,000, the last time I heard, 4,000 characters. So you're trying to tell me all these 4,000 characters are white males. I'm sorry, I wouldn't take those odds to Vegas. <laughs> See, point of the matter is, dear SJWs, stop, that too, Diversity exists in comics. You simply need to not braid your armpit hair, get your asses off of Tumblr, and into a book comic book store. Into a comic book shop, flip through a couple of pages, and stop finding an axe to grind, you blind sheeple dopes. Well, what I would like to jump into next in the lovely world of geek... Can I make this one more point if of you don't course, mind, Of course, of course. Go for it. Well, in your last statement, I just think these people need to really do a magic word. It is a very simple but powerful magic word. Research. Don't just walk into a room and go, I'm smart. No. Do your research. Look up, the, look up some things. Dear God, it's called search food the last time I heard that term from a friend. Search. Google is not just the G's, the, zero, the uh, O's, and the G-L-E. It's actually meant to do look up stuff. If you want to look in diversity for comic books, there's probably a ton of websites that will help you see where the diversity is. Just because you are now new to the hobby doesn't mean it, it only existed because now you saw it. Yeah, don't just be mad that the popular superheroes aren't more diverse. Like, like, 
my friend Alan just said, do your research. Exactly. There's something that I noticed on the internet, and frankly, it's been bothering me lately. Wow, something on the internet bothering people. What a sh- what a thought. I'm not offended. I'm bothered by it. There's a difference. I'm not up in arms and screaming at the top of my lungs, ruined someone's career. Yet, I'm assuming the both of you have seen Star Wars: The Last Jedi. I have it. I don't really. I saw it. It was okay. A lot of people out there have been. If you guys out there haven't realized this yet, fucking hate. The most recent two iterations in the Star Wars universe. And with the release of The Last Jedi came a character called Rose Tico. Oh, this whole thing. And Rose Tico, for those of you who don't know who she is, is an Asian engineer aboard the main flagship of the modern iteration of the Rebel Alliance. And... Spoiler alerts, she is basically the comic relief attempting to humanize war. She literally said in this movie, and again, spoiler alert, we don't win by destroying what we hate, we win by saving what we love. Super fans, I'd like to say this right now, you guys are idiots. The actress who plays Rose Tico has completely erased her presence on social media because the backlash at her portrayal of this character has been so severe she has had to check herself into therapy. And I would like to... Are you kidding me? I'm dead serious. I heard she, uh... I'm being dead honest. Last time I heard she... I know she deleted something from social media, but I still thought she was on Facebook or something else. Same here. That was the last I heard. But now there's a rumor, I'll say rumor until confirmation, that she actually checked herself into therapy because of the fan backlash. Yes, and for the simple fact, not only has she had racial epithets thrown at her, she has had people so offended by a character she portrays. Not the person herself, the character she portrays. That people have been spewing racial epithets at her, threatening her family, sliding into her DMs with Google Earth satellite imagery of her home with her address, threatening to kill her. So she's been doxxed too? Completely. People are fucking insane. Go outside! Go outside! (laughs) Shit! Like, get get out of the basement! And there's a world out there. <laughs> what I don't get in the least bit is, I'm just going to say it right now, and I know it's not PC, but I've never been PC, so fuck PC, I don't man. give a fuck. Exactly. You've never been a personal computer? Uh, really? Friends don't let friends use Windows. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> anyway. You guys out there and girls to a point... If you are completely incapable of looking at a person who portrays a character, for example, perfect perfect example, Lena Headey, who plays Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones. I, uh, the name did sound familiar. Who plays a raging bitch so perfectly that at comic book conventions nobody wants her autograph. Wow. That's just rough. She does not find this insulting. She finds this a testament to her acting ability. 
If you people out there are completely incapable of separating fat people from ca- characters. characters, one of two things needs to happen. You either need to go to a geneticist to find out whether or not your parents were brother and sister. <laughs> hey, or you get in the family has worked for centuries. Just ask the Lannisters. Exactly. And the Targaryens. Or... or the <laughs> You need to be put on a high dose of antipsychotics because you people need to give your heads a fucking shake. Well, I find that very funny because as, again, saying that I'm a comic book fan, I had to survive Batman and Robin, which was a movie so horrible (laughs) and so monumentally, like... Brain meltingly like intelligence draining bad that me and the friend of mine who saw the movie at the time came out of the theater, saw another theater that had con air at the time, and we looked at each other like, care to? Hell yes. We walked <laughs> and went to see Con Air. Best part of the story is we we got together with some other friends. And they were like, where'd you guys come from? We just saw Batman and Robin. Oh, how was that movie? Con Air really rocked. <laughs> they looked at us very curiously, and they're like, excuse us, but didn't you say you went to see Batman and Robin? And they were, we were like, yes, we did. So how was Batman and Robin? Con Air was a really great movie. Now, correct me if I'm they wrong. They got the point eventually. <laughs> Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I do think I am committing a love of shit movies cardinal sin here. Batman and Robin did have Mr. Freeze in it, correct? They had Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Mr. Freeze. Okay. Which is sort of like, they should have had Danny DeVito. He would have been For those of you out there who, like me, have a deep-seated appreciation for terrible, terrible movies... I have actually made well, you must a like Catwoman then with Halle Berry. No, I don't. But I have made a drinking game. Notice how I am completely ignoring that god awful movie. <laughs> I have made a drinking game out of Arnold Schwarzenegger's portrayal as Mr. Freeze. And it is guaranteed that you would die from cirrhosis of the liver by the end of that movie. First of all, you don't need a drinking game. You just watch him do it. Yes, you do. Chug a whole bottle of vodka. And here are the rules for this game. Number one, you take a sip of you take a sip of beer every time he makes a pun about temperature. Oh God! You take a shot of your liquor of choice every time he says the word cold. What killed the dinosaurs? I say. Which brings me to the third and final rule of the game. You have to chug or shotgun your beer while he makes a pun about ice while screaming. I'm a lightweight. I can't even play this. Like, <laughs> I'm not a lightweight, and even I'm thinking that I'm going to be suffering from alcohol poisoning by the end of this. <laughs> Which brings us back to the end of the story. Well, Star Wars Not the really Last the Jedi. End, which brings what? me back to Star Wars The Last Jedi, exactly. Uh, if I may interject. Please do. From my perspective, being, again, an older nerd, like going through so much stuff, the problem with Star Wars The Last Jedi has been a problem, in my opinion, consistent with Star Wars back to where they did the prequels. They kept putting out other forms of media 
to explain the whole story. Now, if you didn't say read the novel, see a comic book, right. hear the audio play, saw the bat signal, oops, wrong genre, <laughs> see the Star Wars symbol in the air, didn't look onto the internet, and all this stuff, there was no way you can find out what happened. Hell, back all the way in uh, the, uh, the one before The Last Jedi... Um, the Force Awakens? The Force Awakens. I kept not trying to call it A New Hope ver version 2. Um, that happened in A New Hope, which a friend of mine explained to me, which I'm like, oh, now that makes more sense. But why do I have to engage in 150 hours of tracking down other forms of media, other sources, so I can get one comprehensive story? You have two hours to do a movie. You can't put in a throwaway line. You can't put in a piece of side dialogue. I mean, it's like, come on. That's my only fault. Last Jedi, to me, wasn't bad, but it seriously was giving me the case of the what the hells. I, why are they doing this? Why is this happening? Why are you going in this direction? This makes no sense. That flaw in their story was it didn't feel like, oh, like Empire or the original New Hope or the last Je uh, the Return of the Jedi, where that was a very good narrative. As much as people complain about the prequels, that was those stories were a hell of a lot better than, I keep calling it the New Hope, uh, <laughs> The Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Way better story, way better contexts of the characters. It, you, the last two Star Wars movies, oh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I, I might just get a whole pile of dung flung in my direction. They were Stargate, like the original Stargate. A premise, special effects, and wow factor. Not bad for maybe a single movie or a single story. But not for a trilogy. You can't work it into a trilogy. Would you blame J.J. Abrams for that? No. I actually blame the producers who saw that screenplay and said, yo, let's go. I blame the screenwriter for writing the crap. For writing the crap. And also maybe caving into uh, the, the pressure of the producers yeah. and the people in charge of running Star Wars. There, you can't blame an actor or an actress for the portrayal. You can blame the director because the director, if the director said, plays, play this character very bratty, more bratty, more bratty, that's the director. The actor, they get a paycheck. Whether they get a paycheck for standing there reading lines or just standing there, they're getting a paycheck. You can't blame them because... In my opinion, if someone told me I'm getting a paycheck to stand there and look like a tree when I'm not, I'm like, how much? Exactly. How much? I can deal. See you later. I'm going to stand here and I'm a tree. Durr. You know? Shout-outs to Vin Diesel for that, by the way. <laughs> he is Groot. Anyway, um, the whole... Was. <laughs> you can't take away the Vin from Groot. Anyway, um, I am, uh, I I am charcoal. <laughs> the whole thing. Oh, that really hurt. Anyway, 
<laughs> Excuse me, officer. Let me show you one adult where that touched. Anyway, um, people need to forget or forgive, if that's possible, the sins of the decisions made by higher-ups. You don't like what they're doing? Yes, be vocal about it, but be civil about it. If you don't like how Star Wars is being made, which is after seeing Solo, which was not a bad story, but it was, they, they did have some moments where I kind of did the eye roll, like, really? Seriously? Really? Seriously? Really? <laughs> it's like, they want to tell good stories, but the whole thing is they're trying to pander to a subsection of society that, yeah, may, you want them represented, be represented, then find a story that can include what you want and, like I said before, like a piece of a puzzle, fit perfectly. It will fit and then everything will be fine. It has to be cohesive and with context. If you don't have those, your story, if you're just going to make characters to satisfy um, the, the gay community, public, the gay community, transgender, um, you know, black communities and Asian communities. And By the way, if you really want to be really angry, oh, wow, look, it's an Asian woman who's an engineer. Oh, why don't you just give her a computer to work with? Let's go with that stereotype. I'm surprised they weren't yelling about that. You know, like having the Asian people being the smart people who know how to do technology. I was like, oh, come on. Right. But the whole thing is you can't blame the actress. And to me, the, the fans have done her a disservice. And like with Batman and Robin, that movie was really horrible. But you know what? The fans just looked at them and said, you suck. They didn't burn down DC Comics or Warner Brothers Studios to make – to prevent them from making other movies and all that stuff because of Batman and Robin. They just made sure they were very loud, they were very vocal. Oh yes, and by the way, if there is this small infinitesimal chance that George Clooney should actually hear this podcast from one comic book fan, I've never blamed you for that movie. The writers, the directors, the producers... I have blamed them to hell and back. I'm about to end this segment on one point. Hashtag bat nipples. <laughs> That's Joe Schumacher, and he is la caja fall to a fault. And I'm going to jump into our next segment here. It's going Don't to be jump. Don't jump. You have too much to live for. Oh, sorry. Too jump. late. I am going to jump into this next segment. It's going to be a little solo segment. I do go to the gym. And I am actually going to be at my first powerlifting meet on July the 21st at World Gym in West Babylon for Mark Lobliner's charity event, Real Weights for Real Heroes. It's in an attempt to raise $70,000 for the Semper Fi Fund. Woo. It's a damn good cause. And if anybody out there hears this and you guys actually do even fucking lift, get your asses out there. A lot of social media personalities are going to be out there. And a very good newfound brother of mine on social media, Robert Frank 614 and his entire Glorious House of Games podcast crew will be out there. 30 bucks a ticket, July 21st, 
West Babylon, Real Weights for Real Heroes, get there. It's going to be a hell of a time. I like to call this segment Tales from the Locker Room. Sky, you're a skinny bastard. You don't step into a gym. I'm done with you on this one, Al. <laughs> hey, just because I'm trying to work I out am now, in like. shape, and I've always stated this, I am in shape. You Round look like a, is a shape. You look like a beer keg. But either way, first things first. I actually wish I had a beer keg right A now. rule needs to be devised for locker rooms across the universe for one simple reason. If you are a man over the age of 60 and you like to walk around a locker room oh. <laughs> in full view in a towel and not much else, a rule should be put into effect where you need to remain at least three feet the fuck away from anyone you decide to engage in conversation. You're burning my eyes just from the mental image. I hate you so much. There's a guy to wrap it up. There's a guy, or just put on a fucking pair of pants. I don't care if you go commando and shit yourself, but put on a pair of fucking pants. Oh, don't say that. A gentleman who I've run into at the gym every now and again, real cool guy, had hip surgery, and I hadn't seen him in a while, and I was Uh, concerned. I wanted to see how he was doing when I finally saw him. I said, "How was the hip surgery? You fully recovered?" And he goes, yeah. He proceeds to stand up. Oh, no. Takes off his towel to show me his scar. Now, we are all men here. Show you a scar and give you a scar at the same time. Double trouble. Since this has happened, three therapists of mine have committed suicide. But that's neither here nor there. No, Dr. Feldman, don't... Oh, shit. But either way, the gentleman takes off his towel... Dusty Twigginberry in full view, and he proceeds to inch closer to me, asking me if I can see his scar. Uh-huh. I almost wanted to say to him, put your fucking dick away. I don't have cataracts. I am not a 60-year-old blind motherfucker. I can see your scar just fine. Put on a pair of pants. Think of the fucking children. You're not a child. Well, physically. Mentally, we... Still have had debates, but... He knows me. And my second problem. Second problem? You've had multiples? One of my biggest issues in the gym is when people do exercises that make them look, frankly, fucking hilarious. I know, among all the gym bros out there, that curling in the squat rack is considered extremely extremely douchey but i folks have found a new level of douche and it is crank that shit up spinal tap style to fucking 11 i'm in the gym the other night and i'm doing chest and i see a gentleman pull a chair into not only the squat rack but the smith machine and for those of you who don't know what the smith machine is it is essentially a bench for with training wheels You can't drop it on yourself because all you have to do is flick your wrist and it locks in place. That sounds like a good safety feature. He pulls up a chair, grabs a set of dumbbells, and starts curling in the fucking Smith machine. (laughs) And somebody actually managed to muster up the wherewithal to say, I need that Smith machine, can you please curl somewhere else? What does this inconsiderate fucking tool have to say? I was here first. 
No. I wish he said I was here first because that actually would have made him look like a dick. But instead, he decides to be the misinformed dick and go, no, thank you. I would rather curl here. It's safer. Oh, God. For who? Never mind. People lack self awareness. Exactly. For who? Never mind. People lack self awareness. (laughs) Really? Look at the whole SJW crowd. Tell me about self-awareness again. <laughs> and moving on, I want to jump into what we call Bald and the Brutal's favorite video of the week. You, you, never, you really need to stop jumping around, man. The neighbors are complaining. I am fat. I make things shake. It's okay. Shut up, Al. <laughs> I have found two videos this week for the maiden voyage of this thing. And both of them have been floating around on the internet with some consistency. And the first video was shared by a favorite video website of mine, World Star Hip Hop. Of course, World Star really has all the lovely videos of humanity at its worst best, whichever one and you want to use. Mind you, we don't know where it is, but we do know for the fact that it was in a McDonald's. And you see what I'm going to refer to as a Justin Bieber-looking kid. I don't know if he was white or not. Link in the description? or Link will be in bio. I don't know if this kid was white or not, but the fact of the matter is... Oh, his back of the head was. You see a kid with gold hair, black side fade... Wearing a USA Polo ASSN jacket, circa 2004. A gentleman of considerable size, not fat. The man was jacked and, shall we say, had a permanent tan. Cuts in front of him, and the kid takes extreme offense to this, starts tapping him on the shoulder. Yo, I was here first! I was here first! I was here first! You fucking cut me in line! You fucking cut me in line! One thing leads to another, and this kid gets angry enough and says, and I quote... I'm not even going to say the N-word. Arr, you fucking black guy! To which this gentleman turns around and, for those of you in the video game community, shoutouts to you, picks this fucker up and ragdolls his ass over the counter as though he were wet toilet paper. <laughs> and now I'm going to pose this question to the both of you. Okay was being thrown over the counter given his choice of words warranted, or was the gentleman who tossed him over the counter a nicety? To be perfectly honest, this whole situation, I've seen the video. I don't really think this was as spontaneous as somebody might think. So you're saying it's a work? I think it's. I think it was a work because... They just happen to have their camera filming while this is going on. And to me, granted, I'm pretty sure the people behind the counter at McDonald's are not in on it. But I have a funny feeling the guy and the victim, fashion victim more like it, but (laughs) were in on it. And it did not seem as spontaneous it just didn't feel like and the fact is if he was really thrown that badly he would have hit down on the ground and stayed there not so much stayed there but would have gotten up looking more like uh, 
dizzy and I wouldn't have thrown fries. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and yeah, the kid goes to a fryer, and that's another thing. He grabs French fries and throws them. Now I have a funny feeling again. He's not throwing the just recently put into the oil fries at this guy because his hands would have been melted <laughs> off. And, and you see, that's another thing. That's how you know watching this video whether or not it was a work. That's how you know this McDonald's was in the hood. Because you've seen a million and one other videos of fights in McDonald's and fights in other fast food joints. And when it's actually violent, the staff doesn't even bother to intervene. What does the staff do the second this kid, this Mark McGrath Sugar Ray circa 1999 looking son of a bitch gets tossed over a counter and starts throwing the best french fries fast food is yet to make? They decide to drop his hands behind his back like he is getting cuffed and literally just say, go home, go outside, go outside. And that leads me to believe, work or not, how much fucked up shit has the staff at this McDonald's fucking seen? <laughs> to not just go straight to... Let me put it to you this way. The only difference between this crew of McDonald's and Apocalypse Now is the simple fact is Apocalypse Now is a story... They, they've been in the shit for real. Exactamundo. And our second favorite video of the week. They love the smell of greasy fries in the morning. Smells like victory. Anyway. Exactly. I, not to um, cut you off. I just wanted to say, like, let's pretend that it isn't a work. Sometimes you just have to pick your battles. Like, like if you're, if you're going to go that hard. Preach, brother. Of... <laughs> If you're gonna go that hard about uh, like waiting in line, then you have to. McDonald's. Yeah, you have to take a look at your life, like like or that's how you know it's a white kid. Like, what you say from California? Well, California, wherever. The fact of the matter remains: this McDonald's, this had to have been. A hood-ass McDonald's. If this was a McDonald's in a neighborhood where everybody wore khakis and Lacoste polo shirts, the cops would have been in there shooting the place up five seconds after the kid got thrown over the counter. Hey, it could have been like in South Central or something where it's like mixed like um, population. Actually, but in my opinion, location doesn't really matter because every place gets hoodish with when you're dealing with certain people. See that's, that's not, and that's not trying to be a racist statement. I mean, like if you, the, the guy, first of all, the guy was wrong for cutting the kid off. He is, first he of all, is. you're I'm cutting like, off a kid in McDonald's. How badly do you need a Big Mac or a quarter freaking pounder? Seriously. Two, the guy had, the guy, like you said, was jacked. He was big and muscular, in really great shape. Again. Why are you at McDonald's? That was your cheat week or something? You needed the quarter pounder that badly? And two, the kid saying black eye. Really? Black eye is an offensive terminology now? No, it wasn't. It wasn't black guy. It was quote unquote, you fucking black guy. Oh, I forgot. The fucking just makes it whole, a whole lot worse. See, see, that's the thing. No matter how you use a term, if you throw some stank on it, it can be pretty fucking vile. It's all about context. Like. Exactly. Bizarrely enough, as I was saying before, as being a Jewish guy, 
I have had people freaking give me stink for being a Jew. You're a it, Jew. It, you know, it cracks me up. It's like I've had people say to me, oh, you know, you own banks. I do. Since when? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, when have I owned a bank? Oh, well, your people. Yeah, well, then I don't like my own people because I'm working at a supermarket instead of being part of a bank elite. What would, you, what would make you angry? The, the fact is, if someone said, you effing Jew, yeah, I'm punching them. Hard in the face. So but, there you go. Uh-huh. but the fact is, they can't go, oh, you white guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm white. So? <laughs> you have great eyesight. I'm very happy for you. You don't need glasses yet. I'm happy. How old are you? Mentally? Definitely physically, you know, you may be, say, 18, 19, but mentally, three, four. <laughs> See, and jumping into, I do a lot of jumping in this podcast. but Indeed. That I do. <laughs> Moving on into our second favorite video of the week. Oh, yeah. Another good one that has been floating around on the internet as of late. Uh, one, one thing I can safely say I find very, very funny it are suburban white kids from the ages of 10 to 15. These are mostly kids who are from parents who structure their lives so rigidly and regiment their lives so strictly that it is seen as a shocker when they lash out at society. And in this video, you only see, leading up to the money shot, you come to find out that the kid in this video is been going around smashing car windows with his friends at a park in what I assume is California. And he is confronted by a man who threatens to call the kid's mother. Flash forward to the start of this video, you see what appears the kid is really young, could be anywhere from the ages of 10 to 13, chesting up to a 45-year-old man, attempting to go nose-to-nose with him. And there is a lot of this kid getting in his face, saying, you're talking shit about my mother. And the guy gets on the phone and attempts to call his sister, who, through some digging around on the internet, is a cop. Telling Mm -hmm. her what's going on, telling her that these kids' parents need to be alerted, and all of that good stuff. The kid continues to press his, frankly, what turned very physical... And the guy flat out warned him, you continuously push me, you are going to get hurt. You see the kid with the man go around the corner to the open door of the interior of the concession stand where this is taking place. And you just hear, oh, oh, oh. And for those of you who think it's porn, get your fucking minds out of the gutter. Too late. (laughs) You see the camera turn to find this kid punching the gentleman. The kid's throwing punches, and the guy, I sincerely applaud his remarkable degree of restraint for this, is just taking these punches left, right, and center. And the kid finally up and tries to punch the guy in the face. Yeah, I have balls, man. Well, there's always a difference between balls over brains, and this kid definitely proved balls and brains. And in the immortal words of a certain nature conservation show, and it was at that moment... 
the child was taught a very valuable lesson. He done fucked up. The man proceeds, after the fourth punch, to put his hand right around the kid's neck, walks him to the front of the concession stand, and drops him like the atom bomb over Hiroshima. That's insensitive. And fuck you. You all of a sudden just hear... Like the kid is doing his best impression of a police siren. And the kid proceeds to get up and just starts cursing out everyone there, calling this child abuse because a man decided to choke him and throw him on the fucking ground. He called the female manager of the concession stand an ignorant piece of shit and a fucking whore, and she is another person whose degree of restraint I sincerely applaud because at the end of the day... I would have literally said to this kid, do you want to really see child abuse? You won't remember your name by the time I'm through with you. That whole situation was just so hilarious to me. As soon as the kid said, this is child abuse, like what you said, oh, child abuse? You want to see some child abuse? Oh, I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) See, if that was my mom and dad... If that was my mom and dad back in the day, oh, I would be lucky that I would be alive. My mom would be watching me on, on the TV because she would have thrown me into the TV. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, the, the amount of slappage from both my mother and father would have been so monumental that – I would be I would be put on the Mount Rushmore. They're like, yes, these are former presidents, and then we have this guy who wow did he mess up. <laughs> His Native American name being he who done fucked up. Yeah, I mean, but see that's one of the problems with uh, it's not so much the kid, but it's the parents, because you can instantly tell that this kid was used to getting his way. All the time, whether it's a single father or a single mother. Which would have brought me up to my next question for the both of you in point of fact. Do you see this kid's actions as a problem child lashing out at society? Or do you see it as an extremely entitled kid who's got everything handed to him for the short amount of years he's been on the planet and he just decides to be an asshole because that's the one thing he can't have handed to him? I gotta agree with the latter, cause like I was gonna say, like he sounds like he's almost about to say with every sentence, "My dad is blank," you know, some some rich profession, you know. Yeah, well, especially like say lawyer, policeman. I'm like, my dad's the sheriff. I'm gonna put you in jail, something like that. Effect. Like nothing's gonna happen to me. Yeah. Like, well, no, that's, I don't think it's so much entitled. But it's going to probably sound almost the same. He's just not used to people calling him out on his bullshit. The fact is, like I said, is probably a single mother or a single father who has just let this kid get away with anything and everything. It's like, not my precious son, not my precious child. My child shits roses and... Walks on water and walks on water, turns water to wine, and he died for our sins, too. I was like, lady, you're talking about, or mister, you're talking about Christ, not your son. His name is not Jesus. (laughs) What is wrong with these people? Which brings us to our first sponsor of the evening, 
porn sites. Don't want kids? Porn sites. Killing children since dial-up internet. Crusted over blankets, napkins, and anywhere else a guy can whack it. Want millions of your kids to die and don't want little shit children to be running around the earth making a, making a fucking ass out of your family and winding up on the internet? Or the presidency. Rest in peace, my socks. Or, or you don't want them to be in the presidency. Sky, the Twitter feed. Sky, anyway. what do you think about what do you think about the second video? I feel like, like you've been pretty quiet and you haven't said enough about this. So open your yap, my friend. <laughs> I feel like this kid was just literally asking for an ass whooping, like like this. <sighs> Can't argue See, that. and having known you for as long as I've known you, like, sound like side, a cry for help. Side note: I have known Sky for ten years, and I have known him when he decided to. I'm just gonna flat out come out and say it, and I'm sorry if this proves to be mildly embarrassing, but this just proves how far as a person you've come. Go for it. The dude <laughs> stole his mom's wig, <laughs> which was an afro, by the by. Threw on an American flag bandana like some gangsta evil Knievel. Proceeded to grab a super soaker and was hiding in between cars and soaking passersby. Was that outside? I could have sworn I was like, like going through the fourth floor of... It was outside. I like to call this... Oh yeah, that was both true. Go ahead. I like to call this a... I like to call this Sky's best impression of a hilarious school shooter. But that was a little problematic. I'm going to stop there. Wow, that one kind of but between the eyes. But sincere, <laughs> but sincerely, Sky, going from that to literally saying this kid's behavior is a cry for help is a testament to how far you've come as a person. And as someone who has literally seen you grow up, I'm very, very proud of that. But I've just never called anybody that's older than me a whore. Like, any woman. Like, even at my craziest of times. Like, uh, like what we were saying before, bad parenting. I can understand you saying things out of anger and going, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I really didn't mean that. You know, oh, please forgive me. Right. I can understand that. Decent human beings, not this kid, do things like that. But this kid... You say the word entitled, and to me that's a different context in one aspect. To me, this is just one spoiled little shit that just needed his head popped just once from a parental unit more than just a complete uh, the the forty year old guy. The dude's the kid swung at a see the see the thing is, and I came up believing this. Everyone at one point in their lives needs to be punched in the face. A punch in the face is a very, very humbling experience, and it will change your behavior. Yeah, it builds character. It, 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 <laughs> if you're a dick, get get clocked in the fucking face. It will not make you a dick real fucking quick. Well, and not so much for me, from my perspective. It's not so much, oh, yeah, you got to get punched in the face. It's like, listen you got to realize your actions have consequences. The words we say have a consequence to them if someone takes offense to them. This kid, to me, has never been on the receiving end of a consequence to his actions. Hence the reason why I call him a spoiled little brat. 
to me, it's not entitlement because he wasn't saying, oh, you can't do this to me because of reason. Oh, you can't do this to me because of father with a very high position. And just so you guys know, I know you guys heard that. I am cracking open in Arizona. And uh, for those of you with misophonia, fuck you. Continue. <laughs> Why don't you just tell them that's not a can of soda. It's just something phallic symbol wrapped in plastic. Anyway. It is slightly phallic symboled. You're not talking to me. You're upset. Anyway. Dick joke, dick joke, dick joke. Blah, 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 dick joke. Keep going. <laughs> By the way, my middle name is. Anyway, um, not only do I have one, I am one. A big dick. Anyway, um, the whole thing is he, to me, when you say the word privilege, you, people's talking a particular Privileged and entitled to talk in a particular certain fashion. They talk with this air of authority that they are the, the descendant of kings, relatively. You know, that they are from an important bloodline that has gone down from generations and you should be thankful to be in my presence. It's almost like more arrogance. It's arrogance at its highest level. And... He wasn't really talking that way. He was talking it's like, you can't do shit to me. You can't do shit to me. You can't do shit to me because you want to know why? Because I'm a kid. Oh, oh, I can do whatever I want to you, and you can't do nothing to me. Where the 40-year-old man hopefully taught him the error of his ways. But I don't think so because after getting up, him cursing out that woman was like, nope, didn't learn, didn't learn, didn't learn at all. Exactly. And unfortunately, this kid will probably going to receive a number of butt whoopings, especially if he's in high school. I can, I would love to see him. You know what? I'm going to borrow a TV show. I would <laughs> love to see his Wonder Years. <laughs> because the few times if, I want to see a kid get bullied, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I would love to see Fred Savage back in when he was small whoop this kid's ass. You know? Well, that would be great TV. <laughs> Mind you, we are very, very anti-bullying, but if you are this kid or you are a kid like him, I would literally like to see you put on the cast of Boy Meets World and have Corey Matthews kick you in the balls. Uh, he, that kid does have a really large set, not that much brains, but... And jumping into... Wow, I really do say jumping a lot. I have to rephrase that. That needs to be worked on. The next segment... Moving into our next segment, it is a very special segment, and it is one of the main reasons I have brought Sky onto the show today. Oh, boy. <laughs> I am a very firm believer in the fact that they say Brooklyn isn't a borough, it's a blood type. I sincerely believe that needs to be expanded on. Because I've never heard that before. Seriously. Because every borough has its own identity. New York... Is it not a city? New York is a blood type. If you go anywhere outside of New York, simply by the way we say water, we are immediately identifiable as New Yorkers. And that famous New York accent, which most New Yorkers will not hear. Exactly. I am completely deaf to it. So Coffee. Exactly. Hey, ma. Hey, ma. Hey, ma. Hey, Ma! Dinner ready or what? 
Because every slightly soprano-ish. Because yeah. every ten-year-old kid sounds like James Gandolfini choking on a sandwich. R.I.P. <laughs> Jimmy Gandolfini. But the fact of the matter is, New York is that cool kid in the family that every relative loves, that gets the best presents on the, during the holidays. Long Island is that fucking group of family members you only see when someone gets married or drops dead. And then you have the tri-state area and parts of New England. You have New Jersey, who is Connecticut's slutty sister. You bang on the regular. You know what the difference between the garbage and a girl from Jersey is? What's that? You at least take out the garbage. Ooh, <laughs> shit. The shit on Jersey is real. On the bald and the brutal, ladies and gentlemen. I saw that once and I was like, oh, that's a keeper. Well, you ever, you know, you know my favorite joke, and this actually came out of the mouth of Sandra Bullock of all people. You know why they call Jersey the Garden State, right? Why? Okay. Because you can't fit petrochemical refinery state on a license plate. Oh, good God. And I'm sorry out there to my friends who are from Jersey. I'm sorry for just royally shitting on your state. But the fact of the matter is... Why not? Half of most of America shits on that state. Like I said, like I said... At least they're not Florida. Like I said, Jersey is Connecticut's sloppy, loose sister you fuck on the reg. And when you finally turn around to her tight-boxed sister, Connecticut... She just tosses you a pity handy and doesn't let you finish. And I know what you guys are thinking. (laughs) What about Staten Island? The simple truth of the matter is, I'm not even going to bother talking about Staten Island. The fact of the matter is, I forgot Staten Island existed until I fucking mentioned it just now. The fact of the matter is, Staten Island is that cousin that was deprived of oxygen in the womb who at every family function people duly avoid so as not to piss him off because, let's face it, who wants to trigger another potential school shooter? I'd like to ask you guys a question for a change. Who is more the autistic cousin of the family, Florida or Jersey? Which is the autistic cousin? You're like, oh, he did something stupid, but we still love him anyway. It's I think it has to be Florida. I would have to. to be. Like, I'm just going to say. There's so many New York transplants I'm, in Florida I'm now. literally about to sip my tea and say this. You're, never mind. Whoa, Vicky's from Florida. There you go. End of story. <laughs> Damn. Oh, well, I guess the uh, the inbreeding in Florida has reached a new epic level. Oh, did I say, say that and out loud? And here's the thing. Long Island is not the urban sprawl New York City is and, frankly, never will be. And no matter how shitty a neighborhood in Long Island would be, Every New Yorker, black, white, Asian, Indian, whatever the hell you are, has either lived in, worked in, walked through at one point or another the hood. And, Sky, you are my resident hip-hop critic. You are my resident New York pop culture fan here. I want you to explain to the listeners what the hood is to a New Yorker. The hood is basically not this sightseeing thing where tourists 
should pay somebody to go see. No, like, that's something you leave alone. That's something if you were born in, you get out. You don't come back and be like, hey, what's going on? That It's the school of hard knocks. Like, I'm, I'm half white. So I'm not hood myself. But I'm hood compared to these two fuckers. But <laughs> actually, how how old are you again, Sky? I'm 27 and like okay. a week and a half. Now Mike will probably know this reference a little bit more than you, but there was a section of Manhattan which was one of the most dangerous sections of all. It was 42nd Street and Times Square at one point in time which was considered This was well, before this was before Giuliani chased the horse to 8th Avenue pretty much. Okay. Now, me and a friend of mine, he was dark skin dark skin, you know, uh, kind of Hispanic looking but black and he and I, one day, we were just like, we're going to walk through here. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? Because nothing says buddy comedy turned horror movie like a fat Jewish dude and a somewhat dark Hispanic man walking through hooker-infested waters. Well, there weren't that many hookers there at the time, unfortunately. Um, and the thing is, we walked through there. No one bothered us. We didn't get looked at, second looked at. We didn't get approached by anybody. Oh, yeah, it depends on, like, the size and stature. If you look robbable, they'll give you Oh, smoke. trust me. If I, show, if I showed you a picture of what I look like and, uh, and when I'm walking through there, you would have been like, how? Uh, see, how? see, here's the thing. At the end of the day... Any neighborhood can automatically be considered bad because, let's face it, you go into a neighborhood where someone says you better not be out on the street at 2 in the morning. If I was walking down the street in, let's say, hypothetically, Washington Heights. Yeah, you better not be walking 2 o'clock in the morning. Around. And I saw, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a name out here, Kim Kardashian walking down the street in full clothed and thousands of dollars worth of jewelry. Kiss her at the bar. Fact of the matter is, I'd fucking rob her. She'd have turned into France real quick. <laughs> <laughs> For those who didn't know, Kim Kardashian got robbed in France. What was it? Two two falls ago? Two years ago? Yeah, something like two to three years. Here ago is to the first washed reference of the show, <laughs> and which brings me to my point. Every hood. Every neighborhood has its own flavor, its own unique slang, but there are certain terms, certain adages in New York that are just so significantly New York, and I'm not talking Long Island, I am talking specifically New York City, and as a New Yorker who has grown up in these neighborhoods, has hung out in these neighborhoods, has love being in these neighborhoods because, let's face it, some of the best food comes from these neighborhoods. I'm both a fat bastard and a chef, so that perspective is doubly reinforced. Well, every, if you don't mind me making this point, every place in the United States, every city relatively, or maybe a good, decent town, has a place that you have the good restaurants and you have the little hole, hole in the walls. Oh, oh no, you see, the, the thing the is... The holes in the walls usually have really good food because they got more to prove right. than, the, than these established fancy... See, oh, wait a minute, gotta say it like New York. 
fancy schmancy like <laughs> restaurants. Oy vey, there you go. The fact of the matter is, you have the you have the Brooklyn Jewish slang, the oy vey, the stop kvetching about things. Exactly. And you've got the Brooklyn Italian slang, the A forget about it, which frankly fuck you, the Sopranos, you guys stole every ounce of Brooklyn slang we had. And which brings me down to this. Should people from Long Island No, I'll rephrase that. Do people from Long Island have the right to emulate New York City slang? And I am talking boat shoes wearing, getting drunk in the Hamptons on weekends, Long Island. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, are you talking about the uh, the Long Islanders who think they're the the uh, the tough ass Manhattanites who come in off the Long Island Railroad and thinking, yeah, yeah, uh, looking like the Jersey Shore. By the way, I used to take Long Island Railroad off the Port Washington line. I saw so many of these guys. I was like, dear God in heaven, I think the Jersey Shore breeded in Queens. It's These people, to me, they're just fake. They're fake people in general. It doesn't matter if they're from what section of New York they're from, from Long Island, Manhattan, Queens, Staten Island, Brooklyn, the Bronx. They're fake people because all they do is just try to dress up really fancy, again with the fancy schmancy. You know, they wear their shirts open. They got that one little gold chain around their neck. They have enough product and oil in their hair. OPIC is trying to get them to pay them money for, like, uh, trade deficits. Huh? It's it's ridiculous, and I've seen these guys. I have a friend of mine. When I was living with him at the time, we were taking the Port Washington Long Island Railroad back home. I am drunk off my rocker. I my world was not spinning. It was just pretty much a Cuisinart like. <laughs> so I'm standing there, kind of flapping in the breeze, and there's no breeze. And my friend Dave sees a fight kind of going on, and like the genius he is, because he's more sober than me, um. he starts instigating these people. Oh, God. And he's like, go back to your mama. It's the drama llama. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm drunk off my ass. I'm drunk off my ass. So and I'm way, looking he's at hyping this, you up? No, he's not hyping me up. He's hyping them up. Oh. I'm like, I'm drunk. And I'm looking at this like, I am too drunk to swing, but if this dumb dumbass causes this fight and I get swung at, I'm going to hurt people, and then I'm going to try to hurt him because he was at least a couple hundred pounds heavier and taller than me. And I'm like, please don't let this go as south as I want it, <laughs> that it looks like it's going to go to. And at one point, we're just about to get off, and my friend is Bald as the day he was born. He decided to, like, I'm losing all my hair. You know what? I'm going full chrome dome. No Mr. problem. Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. Oh, yeah. Mr. Clean looks at him and goes, ooh, sexy. Um, <laughs> so we're about to get off. We're kind of getting off the train, but he's still inciting these guys. And one guy looks at him and goes, you're, you're, you're a racist. You're a Nazi. No. You're anti-Semitic. Which is really funny since I was standing next to him and I'm a Jew. Again, making this reference. So I'm like, 
all of a sudden, this man who is pretty much wobbling as he walks suddenly stands up perfectly straight and does the head twist looking at him like, are you out of your mind? Oh, God. <laughs> Which then the door is opened up for our stop. And my friend's like, yeah, I think I've done enough work. Yeah, Al, it's time to get going. And we get off the train. Again, the point is, these were fake people. They're, they're dressed in the most fanciest of clothes. They, they, they're, more in, they're interested in their look than they who they are. But then they'll be like, why don't they like me for who I am? Well, when you're dressing to look pretty, that's all they're going to see. If you're going to show off pretty, that's what they'll see. That's what you want. Don't complain about it. See, clothing in New York, which is another interesting thing, The to me at least, the New York uniform is basically this. Either a Yankees or a Mets fitted cap, a black hoodie, not a zip-up, a pullover with the kangaroo pocket, jeans. By the way, that's mostly my outfit right there. And Timberland boots. Nah, the boots, nah. That, to me is a uniform you have to earn. That is your, I have reached the zenith of being a New Yorker. If you go out to Long Island and you wear that on a regular basis in the white picket fence, car in every driveway, nice, serene, quiet neighborhoods of Long Island, you'll look a little out of place, which is why I could safely say that if I were in Jamaica, if I were in bed if I were in anything that has not been touched by a hipster yet, hashtag fuck gentrification, and I saw the typical Long Island uniform of boat shoes, khaki pants, a black belt, and some sort of an odd pastel-colored Lacoste shirt, I would sincerely approach this gentleman, ask them for help, and see if they were lost. Because again, you look out of place, and I think the general consensus here is... Should Long Islanders emulate their betters in New York City? To me, like it all depends on which part of Long Island you're from. But like at the way you describe, you're talking about the Eastern, more far Hampton esque Long Islanders, and I agree. Like they, they have no right to say they're from the city. Like my favorite joke about Long Islanders. In general, West or not, like, because everything is so far apart from each other, you need a car to, to get anywhere, is that people in their teens will sell their souls over there for a car ride. and They have souls? Not anymore? <laughs> well, the, the whole thing Those is... Those carpools. <laughs> the whole thing is, you have a bunch of people who are desperate to join something. Well, I'm not sure desperate would be the right word, but it kind of fits. Kind of. The fact is you have these people who want to establish a look for themselves. Like I said, they, they, they see the Jersey Shore, they dress like those, pe- those guys from the Jersey Shore. The, the fancy shirt opened to show off their lovely little manscaped little chests with the gold chain around there around their necks, like their hair slicked back to the point where you can almost see the OPEC 
oil refineries on their skull tapping into it. I can slick my chest hair into a pompadour at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say something about a particular other region of yours, but I will refrain from it. Oof. Because I don't want too many kids to be scared. Oof. The whole thing is they're trying for a particular perception, and that's where they fault because it's a false perception. It is a... I, I swear to you, one time, on the Long Island Railroad, again, from Port Washington, I saw a whole bunch of them come. The, 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 it was relatively the same guy, but in a rainbow effect. Just like a whole bunch of relatively the same outfit, but the different color shirts. Walk past me and my friend. We're, we're looking at them as they're walking by. We looked at each other. We're like, the cloning experiment was a success. <laughs> <laughs> And we're giggling like crazy, but the girl, the women were just as bad because it was relatively the same short skirt, relatively, relatively the same short skirt, relatively the, the same shoes and everything. It's like, guys, variety. Like $50 for a gram, sure. Oh, yeah, pretty much. And before we wrap up the show tonight, I want to take this into a little bit more of a serious note. A very big idol of mine, one of the first people I've ever actually looked up to outside of certain people in my close circle of friends and family, committed suicide and was Sorry found to hear that. and was found Rest dead this morning at the age of sixty one. Still that's a sad. I grew up watching Anthony Bourdain through a cook's tour, Parts Unknown. Wait a minute, I, I've heard of Anthony Bourdain. I've never watched any shows, but he he committed suicide? Yes, he did. He had a lot. That was he had a lot going dead. for him. He was found dead in his hotel room in France by his best friend. Wow. Check on your friends, man. And like, and mental health is like an like a issue. And at the, at the end of the day, I grew up watching a cook's tour. I grew up watching Parts Unknown. I grew up watching and loving No Reservations, and I will be the first to admit to this. I am a chef by trade, and at a certain point in my life, I sincerely fell out of favor with the industry, and I said to myself, is it worth continuing to keep going? And I saw an episode of one of his shows where Anthony Bourdain actually got back into the kitchen and did a dinner service, and that relit my fire and got me wanting to cook again. It reignited my passion for both cooking and his unique voice in writing. And for those of you who knew Eddie Wong, I saw his post on Instagram this morning. And his post wasn't even your typical, rest in peace, bro, you're going to be missed. It sincerely read as though Eddie Wong was reading Anthony Bourdain's eulogy. And he flat out said it, and it's completely and utterly true. Anthony Bourdain wrote what a travel show should be. He wrote the book on what a travel show is. And for lack of a better term, Anthony Bourdain was the Hunter S. Thompson of this generation. And very much like Hunter S. Thompson, his demons got the better of him, and it is very my sad duty to say that chef even though 
I grew up watching you. I sincerely felt like I knew you. You helped shape my taste in music. You helped shape my taste in food and helped shape my taste in books. Anthony Bourdain, dead at 61. You will be missed by everyone whose lives you touched. Alan, thank you for fucking that up. I just heard you fart. <laughs> we can edit that out, maybe. I'm like, not editing that out. That was golden. <laughs> all right. Uh, but in all seriousness, if you are feeling like you have no place in the world, if you are feeling like you don't belong, and you feel as though the only option you have left is to take your own life, I sincerely urge you to reconsider that decision, not only for yourself, but for the people in your life, the people who truly love you. Mothers and fathers don't want to bury their sons. Friends don't want to have to attend a funeral for someone they cared about. If you're hurting... Please, 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 please get help. And that is going to wrap up the very first episode of The Bald and the Brutal. For all of us here at Generic Name Studios, I'm your host, the most aesthetic fat fuck you've never met, Mike, with my co-host for the day, the host with the most chins, Big Al. <laughs> I have more chins than a Hong Kong telephone directory. What? Is that too soon? It's Chinese phone book. Get your jokes right, you dope. I have to, the le- have to my left an actual SoundCloud rapper who isn't being an annoying jerk-off and promoting his work constantly. I'm Sky, a dude. a.k.a. Scuba Steve, a.k.a. the man with an unhealthy Adam Sandler obsession for giving himself that nickname. <laughs> Gotta love Big Daddy, man. It's For everybody here at The Bold and the Brutal, we'll see you next time. <laughs>